in your business. So the challenge, because you just said you're more service-based, yeah, is right now, service in general everywhere just sucks. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. Service is just everywhere. not good. Yes. Not necessarily, I, would, I want to strive for excellent service, mm -hmm. but right now, in this environment, even just giving good service, seems excellent because everything else sucks so badly. So Agreed. really trying to deliver a really good experience for the patient, following through on tasks that need to be done on a daily basis, having everybody on the team working together to get through what they need to get through yep. every day. Yep. Um, and honestly, the, the challenge we have often is just having people show up. Treading water is the same as drowning to people like you and me. You better start swimming. Welcome to I'm The One Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Green. Tell me a little bit about like operationally, what are the challenges? You know, so I, I, we do online stuff. You, you're a service-based, you're belly to belly, person to person. What are your challenges in your business? So the challenge, because you just said you're more service-based, yeah. is right now, service in general everywhere just sucks. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. Service is just everywhere. not good. Yes. So not, not necessarily, I would, I want to strive for excellent service. Mm -hmm. But right now, in this environment, even just giving good service seems excellent because everything else sucks so badly. So Agreed. really trying to deliver a really good experience for the patient, um, following through on tasks that need to be done on a daily basis is huge, meaning having everybody on the team working together to get through what they need to get through yep. every day. Yep. Um, and honestly, the, the challenge we have often is just having people show up. Hiring. Just making hiring and making sure that they are accountable and show up for work. It's hard sometimes. You, especially it, when you're lean. Yes. You know, it, it, until you get to a certain size, right? I, yeah. I feel like that you're at that like tipping point almost from yeah. a size perspective. Um, I mean, I think like the estheticians are amazing that you've always had. Everybody there has been amazing. It feels like the gap that I've noticed is you've, you've had turnover at the front desk. Yes. And that seems like in your line of business, is a critical role. It's it's one of the most important roles. Right. Because that's the person I'm interacting with or the person that didn't call me back or forgot to schedule my appointment or didn't give me the right information or whatever happens. And that's that, like, you can do an excellent job and we have a great interaction and then the other person doesn't follow up and it leaves a bad taste in someone's mouth, per yes. perhaps, right? Yeah. How do you, I mean, have, how have you solved that or how do you continue to work through that? Uh, we, we just hired uh, someone that's going to help direct that. And okay. I, so I think that, so historically, uh, the staff that would be in those positions were a little bit more self-motivated mm. and able to uh, complete tasks without a lot of micromanagement. And what it seems like is, I don't want to diss on the younger generation, but <laughs> it's just, it seems like younger people need a lot of direction. Yes. And um so historically, where we wouldn't necessarily need someone in that role directing, where we've got someone now. So hopefully that's going to help remedy that. Um, and authentically, there's amazing people out there. I know that. So part of it is just finding those people. Um, and that's a, that's a struggle. That's a struggle. It's not easy. I do feel like, I mean, in our business too, it's a challenge to have to find people that are proactive, that critically think, and that operate with some urgency. Yes. That's what we talk about around the office all the time. Yeah. Can we get somebody that's proactive, operates with urgency, and can think critically? Yes. And that seems simple and easy to me. 
but we struggle finding that yeah. on a regular, consistent basis overseas and in the U.S. Yeah, it's the overlap of the hungry, humble, and smart. Yep. You know, and you. It's interesting because when I'm, I do a lot of outside of work in the office. I do a lot of speaking where I'm traveling and working with very large groups and interacting with all different types. And it's really interesting when you meet someone that is really successful and you start listening to their story and you listen to how they operate. They're always hungry, humble, and smart. It's so it, like, it's so consistent. Um, so those are the characteristics we screen for. Yeah. But it's hard because screening and then seeing the person walk the walk can sometimes be different. Well, it's, it's so, it, you know, that, that gets, we've just talked about this a lot lately in our, in our team, the IQ part or the smart part is relatively probably the easiest to test for, right? Yeah. We can test, we do, we run IQ tests, Wonderlick to try to understand what the starting point is. The hungry and the humble are so subjective. Yeah. And I, I feel like sometimes in interviews, I'm not going to say I, I get fooled, I guess I, I, I believe something different yes. than what the reality is. Cause it's easy to, you know, be somebody different in the, in, in an interview process. So it's really, have you found anything to help with that? Cause I'm, we're always trying to hire better. This is a constant conversation. I'd say it's helped, but it hasn't been super successful as just really going through like a a values screen with the okay. with the with the potential uh, employee and how that mixes with your values as a business Interesting. and getting them to talk about life experiences that relate to those values. Um, so for example, one of our values is stewardship and, mm. you know, thinking about the business like your own. So getting examples from their life that kind of reflect when they've done that and if they don't even know what stewardship is and can't really understand that, then you probably know that they don't, they might not be the best fit. Um, that said though, even after doing that, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not a perfect system, obviously. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever have a perfect hiring system, but I think that those little things like that, trying to understand values, which I don't know if we do a good job of that. We should look into that. Uh, you just improve your probability of finding somebody that's great. Yes, that's I mean, the whole idea. That's the whole idea. Listen, we're never going to get it 100%. And sometimes uh, I, I tend to bias myself on giving people chances. Yeah. I am very like, oh, they can make it. They can do it. They can make it happen. And sometimes they do. And then sometimes they don't. And so that's the challenge is like, how do I get a higher batting average? Right. We're consistently thinking about how do we get a better, higher, higher batting average? And it's, it, you know, as an owner, it's, it's tough because it's rare to find anybody that cares about your business as much as you do. Right. Oh, nobody's going to care about the business right. as much as you do. Right. But, but care but, enough but, but, to treat it like their own business. And sometimes it's, and you, you could be very superficial with it too, is just thinking about the financial implications of day-to-day -day activities. So, you know, turning off the lights at the end of the day, <laughs> turning off, you know, I've got <laughs> multiple devices that use a lot of electricity. So just like if devices aren't going to be used, turning off devices, very basic things like that. Right. So we have new potential new hires come in and shadow oh, for okay. you know half a day and just kind of observe things so that we get to interact with them. They get to interact with us. That does help. But even when you do that, it's still so it's, just it's, half a day. Yeah. Just half yeah. a day. And you can kind of tell if someone's more hungry because they'll ask a lot of thoughtful questions. They mm. might want to stay longer. They might ask 
you know, can I look at, I'm really interested in X, Y, or Z. Um, so they get more active with the process, um, but it's still not perfect by any means. I can and, and I would say the number one thing historically for me has been just my gut when mm, I meet someone me that you just know, you just know they're, they've got good energy, they've got good drive and you just feel like, wow, that usually they're smiling, mm. you know, they're, there's a lot of like little things that's hard to quantify especially over the phone. Have you thought of, I just thought of this right now. It is rare to find uh, great service anywhere, but occasionally I'll come across somebody, you know, shoot, it could be in and out burger drive through. Oh be, yeah. No, you're right. It could be like uh Costco. Right. And you come across somebody who's got a great attitude and I'm like, I want to hire that person. Yeah. No, I've thought the same thing. You should go poach. Just go and do that. Yeah. You should just poach people that have the great attitude. Yeah. And that are maybe doing a job that is, maybe something that they don't want to do for a long period of time. I was in Boston last week and I was going through TSA, going through security. And the person in front of me had their bag checked and the guy was really, really slow going through the bag and all the bags were backing up and there's a line of people. And then out of the blue, this, this young girl that was TSA came in, grabbed the other bag, kind of took control, but was really kind, very polite like very assertive, moved the bag really quickly yeah, and could see that everybody wanted to move, got my bag. They had made an error. She's like, I'm going to get this rescan for you. And she like hustled, like moved really quickly. And a manager came up. He had like a suit on. He was like kind of watching over. And I said, you know, I travel this year. I've traveled 250,000 miles. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm executive. They need an executive platinum plus this <laughs> year. And I said, to the, I said to the manager, I said, you know, I've traveled and I haven't complimented anybody in TSA, but that girl there, she stands out. She was like amazing. He's like, that's so funny. She just, we just promoted her because she, because, you know, I felt like she was really good. I'm like, yeah, she's going to go places because you could tell she just really cared and did a great job. Like at the end of the day, that's what you want someone to do yeah. is to care and do a great job. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's me turning into my dad. I do, but I do the same thing. Hey, uh, manager, I got to tell you that that person's doing a heck of a job over there. This is stuff my dad does all the time. We go to Target. He's doing complimenting. Get the manager. Tell this checkout person did a great job. So I don't know if I'm just turning into my dad in that way, but I do the, I do the same thing because I think of it from I would want to know. Yeah. I would want to know as the, as the manager or the business owner, like, who's doing a great job. And, you know, so often people complain. Yeah, you get the negative. You get the negative all but, the time, yeah. but you don't hear the positive enough because there's no feedback loop there because people don't want to put the effort in or don't want to really think about it. So I try to do that same thing, but that that might be a great way to find some great people to work the front desk is for you guys just to poach. Say, start paying attention. and paying, I mean, Have your whole team do it. Yeah. I mean, you've got some great people that yeah. know what the culture is. Yes. Right? You know, Nadine and Savannah, they, they yeah. know what the culture is. Yes. And they... Both of them shop, I'm sure, a lot. Yeah, They're out shopping all the time. So uh, <laughs> go out, go out and, and as they're out in the world shopping and doing things, find those people that fit the culture and try to poach them and bring them over to your company. Yeah. That, that might no, be that, a way. I, I actually know, I know some of some very, very successful offices that have done that and talked about that. And I've just never done it. Huh, it's just an so, interesting idea. I love that. I like the idea. I like the idea. So... um. All right, you just moved to a new office space. Yes. With the idea that you have ability to expand. Yes. So there's extra space you're not even using, not even patient rooms. There's just extra space. What's the vision for where you want to take Contour Medical next? Uh, to really be able to tap into training. Because okay. Because in my industry, 
the the quality of training that's available, more advanced training, is mediocre at best. Okay. There's just really not a lot of good opportunity. Um, so I'm always getting asked to provide that. And historically, I'll travel and I'll I'll do on-site teaching at other places, but that takes a lot of time and there's a lot of cost involved, even though, you know, I'm compensated, but to be able to have people more larger groups of people be able to come mm-hmm. to me and to have set, things set up with audio visual that can allow live streaming and gathering a, an immense library of content. Cause if anything, from a training standpoint, having lots of content for your education purpose is like huge. Um, so we have the space to do that and it's still not going to be too big. I've always given advice that you don't want to grow too big because you end up having an overhead that's beyond what you really need. And I don't need to have a ton of space to do what I do. You know, I could be very successful just with like one or two small rooms if Mm -hmm. I needed to. Um, but to have a larger facility for training is the vision and using that space also for patient education. I've always been committed to that, but never really had a good environment to be able to say, okay, Friday night, we're going to do a talk relating to macronutrients versus micronutrients Mm. and educating about how to track their micronutrients or talking about something as simple as, you know, what kind of calcium should I take? What kind of magnesium should I take? So some of the nutritional wellness things that I'm talking to patients about, but to have a a platform where I can educate about it, I think is, is I get excited about that. Well, and that's what you should do. I mean, you should do things you get excited about that add value. And then that would create more content for the website. Yeah. More content to reinforce the, the what you're already teaching on a one-on-one basis. A lot of times you're just going to standardize it and you're going to have it forever yeah. in a library that you, I mean, you get a lot of purpose. You can, more, you can utilize that for a lot of different purposes, yeah. right? So it's the training side of things. We could train other uh, doctors about things. You can also train your patients about it. There's content, there's discovery. I find in this space, the aesthetic space, there doesn't seem to be a lot of high quality content out there. At least I haven't as a consumer been no. able to find it. And you'll be like, oh, there's this new machine. And I'll be like, great, let's try it. I, I'm just that guy. I'll be like, oh, sounds great. Let's try it. Yeah. So what's the worst that's going to happen? Right. But I also like to research. And a lot of times I'll go online and be like, there's nothing, there's very little, there's, there's the video, the three minute video, the company puts out yes. from the machine and then there's hardly anything else. Yeah. Or you go to everybody else, everybody else's website. They have the same pictures, correct? the same video. Um, and I, I'm so against that because I, I feel like that's misleading. You should always showcase your own work mm-hmm. and you should really try and take things to a level where you're educating about the data behind what you're using um, so to have a platform where I can do that more is, is going to be nice. And also really showcasing, I don't feel like right now, um, our website really showcases the work and the vibe of what, what we do. I don't think it really captures all that. So right. that'll be kind of the goal. Um, because my before and after pictures, the results that we get are arguably some of the best, right? Not just in Arizona, but like in the country. So it's like, that's exciting. I want people to you see that. You want to that. show it. Yeah. Because I go to events and like I'll be working with other other doctors, pla- some of the top plastic surgeons. They'll be like, oh, can I use that picture? I'm like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. I don't mind people using my picture as long sure. as they give me credit for it. Sure. But it's kind of cool. I think that's exciting. I think that's a great direction for you to go next because you are. You can obviously see in your actions you're passionate about it and it's fun. And then it's going to help. It's synergistic to what you're currently doing. It's kind of like this this podcast. This podcast for me is just fun. 
Yeah. I have a great time talking about business. I learn new things every time I have a conversation. Uh, there's no monetary drive for it. Uh, it's actually a, a negative. It costs money <laughs> to do, uh, but it's a lot of fun for me, and it's synergistic to what we're doing. So it continuously education for me, meeting new people, growing, and so it's just it's just so it's a blast. So the, I think doing at our point in our careers, doing more of those kind of things makes the most sense to me. Yeah, and one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Ed Zimmerman. He's the dick doc on TikTok. <laughs> I think he has, a, I think he has 2 million followers. Now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He's, he started two years ago, two or three years ago. The dick and, doc and, on TikTok. Yeah. And, it's great. And I recommended to my buddy, Dr. Gregory Lawrence, who's a, a phenomenal plastic surgeon in Memphis. And he's the tit doc on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, Dr. Ed Zimmerman, many years ago, he said to me, if what you're doing each day doesn't bring you passion and you have fun doing it, just stop doing it. I love it. And I started kind of implementing those little things in the office as far as what I was doing day to day. And it uh, it makes such a big difference. I love that. that is, that's great advice. Yeah. It's great advice. It's, it's so often we just kind of get stuck in the same patterns. Yeah. We do the same stuff. And then you even take a minute to reevaluate what you really enjoy and what you don't enjoy. It's like, well, it's, how can we cut out the stuff that I don't enjoy and maybe isn't providing much value and how we do more of the stuff that we enjoy. And yeah. I mean, you could, you definitely light up when you talk about that stuff. You love the educational piece of it. I can I see do. that. I do very much. I love that. Um, all right. Is there anything else that you think, what, what kind of challenges other than the hiring that makes complete sense? I think everybody has that challenge these days and you've got some, some, some solutions around that. What other challenges do you have in like a service-based business that maybe, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be used to, is there any, are there any other challenges that you come across? Cause you're really selling time yes, and expertise. Absolutely. That's Talk exactly to me. Is there, I would assume there's maybe some scheduling challenges. Um, so do people big- not show up. Yeah, so there's there's always challenges as far as people that might not show up for an appointment, things like that. But you know, I think my I have a wait list right now of like probably 25 people. Like it varies day to day, but you know it floats. But if there's a gap that opens in the schedule, as long as the girls are good about calling mm-hmm. and being strategic, yep. Um, which I've meant also maybe looking at where if someone's on the wait list and they live half a mile away, call those people because they're close. So it's amazing how Critical often, thinking. how, right. <laughs> <laughs> that would not happen unless I suggested it, unfortunately. Yeah, um, but I'd say more, more of the challenge day to day is really optimizing what's not dependent on me. Yeah. Meaning I'm, I only have so many hours Yep. and we have other rooms that can be occupied and be functional and productive. Yes. And to skew the revenue to the thing to the things that are not as dependent on me on a daily basis is the challenge. So that's that's the the goal. So that I because you're busy all day. I'm busy all day. So how and, do you utilize the space you already have with the machines you already have and the estheticians you already have to generate the most revenue? Correct. Well, that doesn't include you because you're already maxed out. Correct. You're already constrained. Correct. And. And if we had to hire someone else to grow that even more, great. But to skew revenue so that we're getting a higher percentage of mm. those services being rendered. Um, and we don't really like to be real. I think that's where I think educating current patients, but also that's where I think the general SEO, whether it's AdWords, what, whatever we're going to do, is we don't really have a good excuse why that side of the practice isn't busier, 
because we have the best equipment. We have arguably some of the, the best expertise, some of these devices. You know, I've done studies for the manufacturer. I speak, you know, so we have a lot of things to credential how we do things differently yep. and just getting that word out. So Joe Schmo wouldn't go and get a treatment down the street if you know that the expert on the treatment is actually a half mile away. That's great. You know? This fits into the whole content creation piece for you. Yeah. Because I think you've, you've got the capacity on that side of the business, but you don't have the clients for that side of the business as much as you want to, to max out the capacity, Correct. right? So you've got the clientele, but you need more of that. Is it is that a challenge of hiring? Um, at the same time, you're going to grow marketing, but you also have to have estheticians or, or the, the people that can do the procedures. Yeah. And the, is the that thing a challenge that, to balance the two and the grow at the same time? It's it's that's not as much a challenge okay. because the thing that's unique is a lot of those delegatable treatments. You really could teach almost anybody oh, wow. to perform a lot of them. Okay. So it's one of those things you really just need someone that's going to provide good service, can learn some some skills that are not super complex. Yep. Um, has you know a person a personality that is you know fits with with our values and um, so it, it's that that would be one of the the challenges. Or the frustration for me when I, you know, I talk to a patient because the the other thing that happens and we're remedying it through the TV screens in every room. So we'll have some digital signage. Oh, because one of the big things is uh, patients not necessarily knowing everything that you do. You've got a lot of services, right? So, 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 so if I have some menu, if, yeah. So if I have someone like, let's say is coming into me for facial injections and then yep. they're coming in for follow-up and I find out that they went somewhere else for laser hair removal. They might not even know you have it. I'm like, why didn't you have laser re hair removal here? And they're like, well, I didn't know you had it. I didn't know you, you know? had it. Yeah. Just to be clear, Monica and, and just I, said that to me the other day. My wife said to me the other day, I said, they have laser hair removal there. I didn't know you had it. And either. I have like, so I, I have an amazing like laser that's pain-free for laser hair removal. And I helped, I was on the advisory board that helped develop <laughs> a protocol for it. Like, I, I was instrumental in figuring out how to actually use this laser. So like, I'm, I'm an expert on this, but we don't have that dialogue enough in the office, meaning, uh, patients don't, aren't well educated about necessarily everything that we're doing. What about, and this is not to try to increase your overhead or anything, but what about like a client success manager? Almost, you know, in SaaS businesses, software businesses, they have, sometimes they'll come in and they'll have an account manager to kind of help you understand the software and how all the different aspects and the functionality of the software. What if you had somebody that that was their role? It was like taking the client through the entire journey. Hey, how did you come in? A little like a sit down, like, hey, how did you come in? Um, uh, great. Rob referred you because of to try to church appetite. Great. What else is there about your about your life right now, or about aesthetically that you would like to improve? Great, and going through almost like an intake form. Yeah, but one person in charge of that, like that client success manager, to help capture and understand. Okay, great. We don't have anything that fits your needs now, but just so you know, based on what you said, we have laser hair removal, we have uh, Botox, we have you know this machine. Just as a kind of a rounding out, it probably would be like a 15 to 20 minute conversation, but might close the gap. Because I think what's happening, this is just from my, my perspective, I think too much is falling on your shoulders from education, doing the doing the actual procedures, 
helping to make sure they're on task over here, right? I think you need more of a right-hand person to be able to like uh, live in that customer service slash success slash. So what was the title that you used? Uh, I call it customer success manager. Okay. I think that actually the new person, because the new person we just hired, she's not really a manager. Okay. But that kind of, and we were trying to figure out a title for her. Customer experience manager. Yeah. I think that that's customer actually. Customer success manager. I think that that's actually a big part of it. And some of those details, if we just, so part of it in medicine is just you, you kind of create something and you just kind of run with it. Yeah. So like I've had the same intake form for like 12 years. Okay. So part of it could be remedied by also updating yeah. our intake form, modernizing it, making it maybe digital so that, you know, they can point on different areas Just of their body, get them something. Yeah. Um, and then what I, what I would like to see happen and we could have that client success manager do is just even any new patient, if they're just toured tour the office and just say, even if the door is closed, say, this is the room that we do laser hair removal yep. and this, yep. and you go to the next room and say, this is where we do this so that you're just introducing each of the rooms. Cause often someone will come in, they're taken to the room, they do their treatment and they don't necessarily know everything else that's going on. That's a great idea. I had a flashback to back when I was a young man, I worked the first lifetime fitness that ever existed oh, in, wow, in Minnesota. Cool. Oh, wow. That's and this was cool. even one like in a strip mall before they built the really huge yeah, ones. Yeah. But I worked there doing sales. I was like 18, I think. Right. And I learned I had great sales training. Two of the founders came from, uh, Bally's U.S. Swim and Fitness. So that's exactly what we did with everybody. We, what I learned there was you don't want to do the Disneyland tour. The Disneyland tours, we have some of this over here. We have some of that over here and a little bit over here. So people would come into the gym and they would say, hey, listen, I, I, listen, I just want to lift weights. I want to come in. I want, I'm looking at getting a membership. Well, before, before we'd ever give them a tour of the gym, we'd sit down for a few minutes and just say, hey, before I give you a tour of a bunch of stuff you don't want to see, why don't I help understand what you're looking to accomplish and what your goals are? And then I'll show you the most pertinent parts of the gym that make sense to you. And then anything else that might be of interest to you. Does that seem fair? And they'd sit down and we'd have a two minute conversation and they go, yes. I, you know, like I said, I just want to lift weights. Well, do you care at all about using the sauna? Well, yeah. You guys have a sauna? Yeah, I do care about using the sauna. What about the steam room? What, oh, you guys have a steam room too? Right? So they come in with just this much knowledge. The idea was to understand. And then we would walk them around and show them the facility. Hey, let's start with the, the free weights. This is the area you care most about. But we also have this, this, and this. Are you interested in any classes? So instead of just doing this, like show up and throw up on people, taking them around the office would be a great part of that intake and that form and that customer success manager. Because I think you have a gap of just uh, not knowing. People just don't know that you have the, the whole re It's like It's like behind the curtain. Right. It's in the, behind the curtain. And you don't even know. And then that would also, by the way, probably increase your referrals because they might not need it, but somebody in their family Some might want chit -chats that. Chit-chats about it. Chit-chats like... about it. I go, oh, you're looking for laser hair removal? I don't go there for this, but I, these guys have it, and I love these guys. Yeah. And I don't necessarily want to blow up laser hair removal in my not, office. Not saying but... you do. Not saying you do. <laughs> but I think it's just closing that gap. That And that has to be somebody other than you. Yeah. That has to be another person, another role. And I think maybe this new person you hired might be able to fit that role if you give them the deliverables. The deliverables are making every customer and every client aware of everything we have, especially the things that meet their needs, and how do we make it low friction so that they have a wonderful experience and are very likely to refer other customers. Right. Like that should be that job's deliverable. Yeah. 
and measure the metric could be, re, you know, referrals captured. Use a QR code or something and, and capture referrals. That, that, that seems like a great opportunity. That would, that'd be an actually easy way for you to do a referral program. If you yep. had a QR code that was designated for a referral. Yep. Yeah. And then you could just send it off. It'd be a way for them to like forward onto a friend. Yeah. Low friction is the key. And then that QR code can capture um, them and the the person that, that actually does the referral. And then you could track that lead. Yep. Yeah. We have one. I think we use Linktree, I think, here. I think Linktree is the number one, like, super cheap and easy to use. And you can track who's opened it, how many times it's been opened. Um, we just did one last week where we mailed a, a package out. It's got a link tree to a video so we can see if, the, if there's been an interaction on that on that QR code. And this is a one-to-one -one ratio, so we'll know as soon as he uh, opens the package and scans the QR code. So we'll, we'll track. It's a little stalker-ish, but we'll, <laughs> it, it's a great way to track everything. You no, have to track it. You want to track it. You want to track it. Because you have to know, you want to be able to differentiate what's successful versus what isn't. A hundred percent. So that you can always fine-tune it make it better. And you'll know right away whether that person's the right fit or not, I think, because they'll be coming up with ideas. They have to be the engine for improvement. I find that's the biggest thing. Like, are they the engine for improvement? Are they treating it? Are they hungry? Are they humble? And are they smart? And are they thinking about better ways to improve it? Yeah. Can't just be you being, we talk about this all the time at the office. I need more engines. Yes. I need more engines to think about better ways to do things. Yeah. Not just follow the, the current script or the current SOP that we have right now. So I love it. Well, I appreciate it. This has been fun for me. I love talking about this stuff. And oh, I appreciate uh, it. Thank you for coming in. I think there's a lot of tidbits uh, that people will be able to use from this. And it also helps everybody understand different types of businesses and how we all have a lot of the same problems. Yeah, I think that's the the, the thread that's hiring the same issues. people, sales and marketing. It's the same issues. It's the same framework all the time. It's just a little bit of a different challenge. So thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and share with friends. Visit imtheone.com and ask me anything. And as always, stay curious and never stop becoming the one.